Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Mr. Saunders Sandbox here on the Feeding the Monster podcast feed. And I'm going to start off with a little bit of uh, an update. Uh, many of you know that uh, last month uh, my apartment flooded, so I had to move. Kind of put a, a, a slowdown on a lot of my projects, uh, including the podcast and my YouTube shows. But I'm in the new place, everything's all set up, and we are go Team Voltron again. Uh, so uh, should start having uh, the shows coming out more regularly. Just hated that that happened the way it did because I had literally just started back up doing shows after our break over the holidays. But anyway, that's life. That's life. You know, you you, you deal you deal with it as it comes. You roll with the punches and and you try to make the best of every situation as it comes. Speaking of which, I'm in a much bigger apartment now, so uh, yeah, it actually kind of worked out okay. So I'm definitely enjoying uh, the silver lining uh, for, for that big old snow cloud uh, that hit us. But getting to, getting on to today's show, uh, I'm calling this episode The Art of the Give. And I've, I've been wanting to do this episode for a little while now. And I know that the, the title sounds a little derivative of a, a book written by a former president who we will not name. Uh, you definitely don't want to say his name three times, as that may evoke him, uh, a la Voldemort or uh, Bloody Mary. So don't do that. Uh, or Beetlejuice. Yeah, don't do any of that. But uh, I did kind of borrow uh, the title of his book as inspiration for the title of this episode. Now, that's where the similarities end. As you know, his book, uh, The Art of the Deal, is more about how to swindle and steal from people, where uh, this episode is about the opposite. Uh, we're going to talk today about, you know, ways to give, you know, ways, ways, to, ways to, to be good in the world and, and to, to, to make the world a better place, really. Now, I wanted to start this, um, and, and there's no... Let me, let me just go ahead and put this out there. There, there is no color by numbers or, uh, you know, set of easy to follow instructions or set of like crazy to follow Ikea instructions for how to be good at giving or how to be good at doing charitable works or how to be good at uh, making the world a better place. This is going to look different for everyone. I'm just here to kind of share uh, how it's how it's worked out for me, and I'm going to start off by talking about a couple of, of guys who really sort of put me on this path, who who were, were really the the prime examples for me as far as giving and uh, and and doing good and and just trying to be a good human being uh, each and every day, uh, and then we'll we'll then talk about, you know, how I kind of got into doing charitable things. And we'll, and then we'll, we'll kind of wrap up with uh, the big charity that I'm involved with uh, that is uh, very, very uh, relevant uh, today uh, in my life. And some of the people that have helped me uh, with my journey with that charity 
and who have helped me spread awareness for that charity. So that's the game plan for today. Uh, make yourselves comfortable. We're going to jump right in. So two of the guys, there are really, when, when I think about it, there, there's a lot of people that have been good examples to me over the years. But when I think about it and really kind of hone in on who really did the most, two people come to mind. Uh, one is my father, my dad, Cersei Saunders. Uh, he's, he's no longer with us. Uh, he lost his battle with cancer in 2008. Um, so he, he's, he's been gone for a little while, but you know, he's gone, but he's never gone. Right. Uh, the, the, the things that he taught me, the values that he taught me, uh, those are things that they still guide me every day. So he's not here physically, but he's, he's always here with me. Right. Now, let me tell you a little bit about my dad. Uh, this guy started out with nothing, absolutely nothing. Um, he worked very hard all of his life. Uh, and when he retired, he actually had a, a very, very sizable retirement. Uh, like I said, he worked hard all of his life and, and, and he saved a lot. Uh, he, he, he was a very good, uh, he was very good at managing his money and, and, uh, he was able to save up a lot of what him and my mom had made and, and, uh, really was in a really good place when he retired. So saying that you would think, oh, well, he hoarded his, his, his income and his wealth. Well, that's not true. Uh, I can remember back when I was a little kid, uh, him losing money often, which I know in, in one way really hurt him, but at the same time, he was very much okay with it. Uh, he would lose money because he would loan money out to friends who really, really desperately needed the money. Uh, sometimes it got paid back. Sometimes it didn't. Sometimes he just had to eat it. Uh, but that never stopped him from, from giving and from being generous and being caring and being compassionate. Uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, follow the, the mantra, you know, shame me once, shame on me. No, no, I said that wrong. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. No, I messed that up again. It's fool me once, shame on me. No, fool me once. Oh, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. See, I haven't learned that either. <laughs> but the point of that is, you know, a lot of people learn from, you know, if, if they give or help somebody and it's not paid back, then they're done, you know, but dad would never was done. Uh, he would, he would continue to help people out, you know, for the rest of his life. And, you know, as he got closer to retirement and he had more that he could help people with, he did. Um, just, a just a, a great example of, of, of how, how to give, you know, and, and that it's about the giving and not the getting back uh, in those situations. And, and that's really, you know, I think that's what, what makes the world around us better, uh, is, is just being able to kind of give selflessly. Right. So, uh, dad was a big example, uh, for me. And then his uncle, uh, my great uncle. And when I say great, I mean, great, like in every, 
every aspect of the, the word. Uh, my great uncle, Uncle Jim, just one of the kindest and sweetest guys that uh, I think has ever walked this earth. Uh, Uncle Jim served in the Korean conflict, uh, and he was, I, I can't remember if he was wounded in battle. I do know that he got malaria uh, twice while he was over there and uh, almost died from it the second time. And this is going to sound very cliche, and it's not meant to, but he, he, was, he had one of those deathbed moments, you know? like we, we hear about people having, or we see in movies or on, uh, in, in stories or whatever, where someone's on their deathbed, you know, and they, they kind of cry out to God and, and kind of, you know, make a deal sort of, and, and tell God, you know, save me and I will use my life to do your work. And that is exactly what Uncle Jim did. Uh, he came back and, and he lived the rest of his life uh, for his, his uh, uh, Lord and Savior. And he, he lived a life that if you were to meet him or talk to him or watch him, uh, you would learn more about Christianity and, and what the Bible truly does teach than you might uh, from sitting years on a church pew. And I don't mean that in a bad or disrespectful way, but I guess what I mean is, you know, the church in general gets a lot of hard knocks, a lot of a lot of deserved knocks sometimes uh, for, you know, being judgy, uh, being hypocritical and, and stuff like that. But Uncle Jim was none of that. He was just a, a sweet, sweet guy that lived every day for uh, for his faith and 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 live, lived every day to the fullest and, and constantly, constantly tried to make the world a better place. Uh, one of the things that I remember him doing, and this was later in life for him, after he had retired, uh, he sort of did odd jobs and whatnot. And, uh, uh, well, after he retired, he, he worked as a, as a, as a welder. Uh, but after retiring, he would just do little odd jobs. And one of the things that he would often do is he would go and recruit help from the homeless community uh, there in the town that he lived. And, uh, you know, and then he would give the pay to them uh, afterwards. Uh, met a lot of, he, he made a lot of friends in that community. And, 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 and he was able to also use that as a way of, um, of giving his testimony and, 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 uh, and, and showing, showing these folks that regardless of what your situation is, uh, you know, you can still uh, do good uh, and that there are still good things uh, in your life and around you. Uh, so, yeah, Uncle Jim, I, I wouldn't be half the man I am today if not for Uncle Jim and my dad. So they kind of started me on this journey and... I want to say, like, for me personally, a lot of what I've done has been uh, for kids or organizations or charities that are involved with kids. Uh, and I can kind of trace my, uh, my path back to where I started working with kids, really, when I was a teenager. Uh, I was a swimming instructor, and I, I taught uh, kids all these uh, 
I taught kids how to swim and, and taught them water safety skills and, and, and that kind of stuff. But at, at that young age for me, because uh, I, I started doing that when I was, uh, well, I think I was 17, 16 or 17 years old. At that young age for me, I, I realized, you know, that I, I kind of liked helping kids out. And fast forward a few years for, uh, from there, and I had kids of my own. And I got involved at our church we were going to at the time in the Sunday school department and spent several years teaching Sunday school to little, little bitty kids. Uh, they would throw me in with the two-year and three-year-olds uh, almost every single year. Uh, but I guess I finally graduated up and uh, kind of found my place like in middle school, which this was about the time that my kids were in middle school, too. So I kind of got to be involved in some of the stuff that they were involved with at church. But I also got to be a mentor and, and kind of guide uh, these young men uh, in, in the middle school and uh, and really just had a had a great time with it. Uh, a lot of a lot of great kids there. And uh, that is just. It's not for everyone, but if that's your niche, that is just such a great way to, to give. Um, and then that translated over into other things that my kids were involved in. Uh, when my son was in Cub Scouts, I was a den leader uh, for a while. Uh, when the kids were in sports, I helped out. But I got to tell you, I, <laughs> I ain't no athlete. So I, I helped out how I could, but I... I was probably not the best coach out there, but there, there are all these ways, you know, that you can get involved and you don't have to have kids of your own to, to do all this. Uh, you can just find what, what your find, find that thing that you kind of gravitate toward and just, you know, put everything into that. You know, you'll, you'll find, you'll find what, you'll find what your calling is and what your thing is. You know, and, and it, it could be anything. I mean, it could be like helping with animals. It could be like helping with the elderly. It could be like, you know, doing a food delivery, uh, volunteering at a food bank, donating blood. I mean, there, there are all kinds of things that you can do uh, that, that are a huge help to others. And, and there's a lot of these things that you can do where you don't even ever meet the other people that you're helping. Uh, and, and sometimes that's even a bigger give, right? Uh, when you're giving to this kind of nebulous thing that doesn't necessarily have a face or a name to it. Uh, and, and you're, you're kind of putting a lot of faith in there that, that, that whatever that thing is or that system is, is going to do, do the right thing with, with what, whatever you're giving through it. Right. So, that kind of leads me to the current uh, charity that I help out with. Now, if you've known me for any small amount of time, or even for if you've known me for the last few weeks, you have heard me talk about the St. Baldrick's Foundation. And this is a charity, and their sole purpose is to raise funds for childhood cancer research. And that's really all they do. And, and they do it, they do it really well. They, they fund uh, studies and trials for new medications uh, and treatments. And they, 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 uh, they also fund grants for the doctors that are working on these, uh, on these studies. So uh, all, 
not all of the money that they bring in, because they do have a little bit of overhead, but the majority of the money they bring in goes straight into all of that. And I'm going to come back to that uh, that in just a second. So my 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 uh, my journey to St. Baldrick's uh, started when I became a nurse seven years ago. Uh, when I started nursing, I became a pediatric oncology, uh, hematology, and bone marrow transplant nurse. Now, that's a nurse that helps with uh, uh, children who are fighting cancers, who are fighting blood diseases, or who are going through or have gone through a bone marrow transplant. So um, childhood cancer research is like very important for all of those kids because the research Obviously, it helps the, the kids fighting cancer, but a lot of those treatments and a lot of the, the, the knowledge that they get from the research also benefits the kids fighting certain blood diseases, and it also benefits kids going through or who have gone through a bone marrow transplant. So this, this charity kind of hits all of the kids I take care of. So yeah, it's, it's kind of a big thing for me. Uh, it's it's important and it's special to me because all these kids are important and special to me. Now, we had a doctor uh, who, he joined our bone marrow transplant group uh, about the same time I started working there as a, as, a, as a nurse, and his name is Dr. Troy Quigg. Well, the, the year before he had come... Uh, and joined our, 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 our group, our team, uh, he had gotten involved in the St. Baldrick's uh, Foundation charity. So when he moved uh, to Texas and, 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 and started working uh, with us, the, the following year he, he wanted, uh, or he asked if anyone would like to start a team or be on a team. He, he said that he, he actually started it, but he asked if any of us wanted to be on the team with him. So I was kind of curious, and, and the more he talked about it, the more interesting it sounded. So this is where I learned that one of the ways, really the big way that St. Baldrick's uh, raises funds, is they do these uh, shave events where people, just regular people, will sign up to raise donations with the promise that at the end of it, you'll shave your head. And I can't remember if I'd ever shaved my head before then. Uh, I don't think I had all the way. Uh, I think maybe I'd had a buzz cut when I was younger, but as far as like going completely bald, I'd never done that before. And I was like, well, you know, these kids uh, that I take care of, uh, they don't really have a choice in the matter. You know, the, the chemotherapy uh, and, the, and some of the kids that get certain radiation therapies, they lose their hair. Uh, and like, like I said, they have no choice. Uh, that's one of the, the side effects of, of the stuff that they're going through. So I was like, you know, I will definitely do that for these kiddos. So I signed up and uh, it, it's only grown from there. Uh, this is my sixth year to do it. When you're listening to this, we would have just had our, our event uh, on Sunday. And I would have just shaved my head a couple days before on Friday. So uh, you're hearing my voice uh, not uh, filtered by any hair whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know if that's a thing. But anyway, yeah, I'm bald and beautiful right now, uh, just like my patients. And I, uh, 
Yeah. So with the with the charity, um, kind of getting off topic with the charity, uh, and and my growth with it, uh, Doctor Quig was our team captain for the first, I guess the first three years he was there, and then on the fourth year he asked me if I wanted to be the team captain. Now I had I had consecutively joined up on the team each year uh, since he started it there at the hospital and had had shaved every year. So for the my fourth year going into this, uh, I actually went into it as a team captain, and that was kind of cool. Uh, Dr. Quigg mentored me and, and guided me and showed me the ropes, and it, it's been such a blast. Uh, this is my third year as team captain, and it's been such a blast like helping other people find ways to, to give um, and ways to, uh, you know, basically pour out from their heart and, and show love uh, for, for all of these kiddos. And uh, I don't think I'm ever going to stop doing that uh, or doing this charity. I think long after I retire from this, uh, this job, uh, if I still have hair, I'll still be shaving it every year. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how I got involved in this charity. And like I said, it's very special to me. It's an important, uh, it's very important to me. Now, over the last, uh, I want to say three, maybe four years, I've had some help in spreading the word about this charity. Now, one of the things that I mentioned earlier was St. Baldrick's uh, spends almost all the money that they, uh, they bring in on the research. They do have a little bit of overhead, but one thing that they don't spend money on is advertising and marketing. Um, now, they have a marketing department that throws together little logos and stuff, but the majority of the marketing and advertisement for the foundation is done just like this, by people talking about it. Literally, it's word of mouth. Um, and that is uh, where uh, these next group of people I'm going to talk about uh, come in. Uh, I only have so many... Let's see, what's a good way to say this? There are only so many people that hear my voice, right? Uh, our, our, our audience with the stuff we do here on the feed is not super big. Um, if I get on social media, you know, the, the scope of how many people I can tell about St. Baldrick's is limited. So a few years back, I, I, became, uh, I became a member of an online community community. Uh, associated with a, with a, with a really, really super good dude. Uh, this guy, y'all probably all know him. If you, if you listen to us, then you're probably, you probably listen to a lot of the same people we listen to and are aware of the same, uh, communities that we're aware of. Uh, but, uh, the guy I'm talking about is Ken Knapsack. You know, ever since I became a member of his online community, uh, one of the first things that I realized is this guy has a big heart and he really wants to get the word out about charities. Uh, he actually has a place on his website that's like a charity spotlight. And he has asked uh, many, many people for charities to put on, on that page. Well, as soon as I heard about his ask, uh, I told him about the St. Baldrick's Foundation and he has really latched on to that charity like, like a gangbuster. Uh, he has uh, 
each year uh, when I when when we're building up to our shave event, uh, he goes out of his way to help spread uh, uh, the the word and spread awareness uh, about this charity. Uh, and that kind of culminated into this thing. Well, no, it, it didn't culminate quite yet, but it built up to this thing that we did last year. It was a whole, whole lot of fun. So uh, a couple of years ago till, oh, I don't know, uh, last spring, I was uh, involved in this online uh, movie trivia league. And we borrowed a lot of what we did and modeled a lot of what we did after a, a movie trivia league called The Schmodown, which in turn borrowed a lot of what it did and modeled a lot of what it did after pro wrestling. So we had a lot of, uh, in the stuff we did, there was a lot of DNA from pro wrestling. And what, what I mean, I, I don't mean we were like throwing people around or, or hitting people with tables or chairs or anything, but we would uh, compete in these trivia matches as characters. And we would have managers, we would have commentators, we would do uh, uh, pre-match promos, post-match interviews. Uh, we even had storylines that we tried to, to, to work through. Uh, but needless to say, it was a whole mess of fun. And one of the things uh, that I kind of, one of the ideas I latched onto early on when I started doing that was, you know, I, I had this idea that for my next St. Baldrick's, I would very much like to do a charity match. And uh, bar, borrowing from the pages of the Pro Wrestling Handbook, I wanted to make it a hair versus hair match. Now, any of you that, that aren't familiar with uh, pro wrestling, uh, there is a long history of these types of matches. Uh, there, there have actually been wrestlers uh, whose whole character and gimmick has been built around uh, cutting off people's hair. I'm looking at you, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. And this is, uh, this was, I, I, it just seemed like a no-brainer to do this uh, for uh, for the St. Baldrick's uh, Foundation to raise raise awareness and raise uh, funds, so we did this match. I had had some of my friends here from Feeding the Monster involved. Uh, Mark Kamire was in there. He was like my manager. Uh, John Mariano was in there. He was he was one of the guys I was going up against. And at the end of the thing, John and I were both bald headed. So. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. And and behind the scenes, uh, Thomas Risling uh, helped out and, and Corey Morissette helped out. And on camera, Ken Knapsack helped out. You see, he came he came on and, and served as one of our commentators. And with him, another fella named Mark Riley uh, came on and served as commentator. Now, these guys both have very big followings. In a, in a much, much bigger reach than, than I have. So having them involved in this thing uh, really got it out into a, a, in front of a lot of people. And it really did a lot to, to share uh, and, and make people aware of this charity in a very fun and a very satisfying way. That was definitely one of my highlights of 2020 before everything went crazy and all corona virusy, but uh yeah so that was last year so uh i wanted to do something kind of like that again this year but i just had no idea what to do so 
Ken and Mark are now part of a production uh, team, a production company, uh, along with uh, Josh McCuga and Eric Bass from the band Shinedown. And then they have a sidekick, uh, I- Ikaaka uh, Shivali. I probably butchered your name, man, and I do apologize. Uh, but he, he is uh, the, the Hawaiian hunk. Uh, but these guys, uh, they started their, uh, their production team uh, called the Good People Association, or if you're in the know, the GPA, back in January of this year. And one of their pillars that they've built this production company around is the desire to, to give, to be the good in the community, to be the good in the world, and to do the good. How they do that is they highlight and spread awareness for charities. Now, when they launched their, their endeavor uh, in January, the first charity that they chose to spotlight was the St. Baldrick's Foundation. And the number of eyes and ears that they have put on this charity that, as I mentioned, is very dear and very important and very special to me, but the number of people that they've made this thing aware to is just incredible. Uh, Like I said, way, way more than I, I could ever, ever hope to reach on my own. Um, these, uh, these, uh, these nice guys even invited me on, uh, last week onto one of their shows so that we could talk up the charity and, uh, you know, it, it definitely has done a lot of good. Uh, they're definitely doing a lot of good. So I, I definitely want to give them a shout out and I definitely don't want to say definitely anymore, <laughs> but they are doing the good. They are being the good. They are the good people association. So if you're not aware of them. Definitely, uh, I did it again. Uh, go and check them out. But that brings us uh, to today, basically. So this has kind of been my journey to here in in the in the the fun world of giving. Uh, I don't know if any of this will help any of you out there, but I would just say, you know, find find the thing that you're passionate about. You know, find find. Find what you can really plug yourself into and kind of lose yourself in. And in the process, you'll, you'll find uh, something that you can really just pour your heart out into. Because that's what, that's what giving is all about. You know, it's, we're not all able to, to give financially to things. We're not able, all able to, to get out and, and, and do works for things. But we can still uh, show support for things, right? So find that thing and and just, you know, get out there and do what you can to help it out and to make this world a better place. And I think that's how we're going to wrap up the show today, guys. So this has definitely been a lot of fun. And I I enjoy talking about all this stuff. Uh, I'm going (laughs) to, I tell you what, I'm probably going to have the blues uh, here uh, soon because uh, this uh, our our shaving season is soon going to be over. But you know the the cool thing is the way Saint Baldrick's has has its stuff set up is all of the donation links that are created on their website Saint Baldrick's dot org stay active 
indefinitely. They stay active uh, in perpetuity. Uh, they will still be active, you know, until like, I don't know, till, till the machines rise up and start taking over or until we have an alien invasion or zombies. And who knows, maybe even after all that, the links will still be active. But if you're, well, the point I'm trying to make is if you're not able to help out with them right now, but you do want to help out with them, uh, just help out with them when you can. Uh, the, the links will still be active. And I'm including uh, my team's donation link in the description of this podcast. Um, and I guess I could say it out loud, too. It is www.stbaldrick's.org slash teams slash shaving lives 2021. There you go. Well, friends, that's it for this installment. Uh, thank you for coming around and playing in my sandbox again. content creators? Would you like to support your favorites? Would you like for that support to have unreasonable strings attached? Then become a Patreonizer today! For just a few dollars a month, you can give your favorite content creators the false hope that they just might be able to pay all of their bills this month. Not only that, they will owe you extra content, merchandise, and so much of their ever-shrinking spare time. All just for you all depending on the tier of support that you choose. So what are you waiting for? Become a Patreonizer today. We've got the right tier for you. Hey there, everybody. My name is John Mariano, and I'm from the Feeding the Monster podcast feed. I am here to let you know that we have a plethora of shows on the Feeding the Monster podcast feed, and whatever you do, do not tune in. You don't want to hear from Corey Morissette, Jeff Hillbilly, Scripps Saunders, Mark Eden Clyer, Thomas Russling, or myself. All of our shows are hot garbage. They are structured stupidity and they are not worth your listen. So whatever you do, do not tune in to the Feeding the Monster podcast feed. We do not want any new fans at all. Back to you.